Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in 1 Peter chapter 2. And before we get started with that, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the many blessings you've bestowed on us. I just lift up this time. I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us, that you, Holy Spirit, would be the one who speaks to us. That is the counselor, the teacher that's been given by God. I just pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to your to your word, your guidance. And I just pray, pray that you would truly be the one that speaks to us, that anything from me would be removed and that it would be you who, who is uh, talking. I pray that our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be prepared for that and that we'd be open to your, your leading and your teaching. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So chapter 2 is a pretty famous chapter. Right off the, uh, off the bat, it goes right into some deep con- concepts and whatnot. And so I'm going to read a little bit of Spurgeon as we go through a couple of these verses. And so, anyways, with that, let's, let's get started. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes, crave, your spiritual, crave pure spiritual milk so that, it may be, so that you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So, right there for verses 1 through 3, Spurgeon has quite the, uh, quite the commentary. He writes, when the apostle describes, describes us under the character of newborn babes, he would have us lay aside all that is inconsistent with that character. Newborn children have no malice. They have no guile or craftiness. They have no hypocrisies, no envies, no evil speaking. They are clear from all these evils. Would God we were as clear as they are, it would be better to be infants not speaking at all than to be among those who speak evil. It would be better to begin life over again than to live long enough to have gained a treasure of malice and a hoard of cunning and to have learned the tricks of hypocrisy. I just love that statement. It would be better to begin life over again than to live long enough to have gained a treasure of malice and a hoard of cunning and to have learned the tricks of hypocrisy. It's pretty impactful. Let us be as simple as little children, as guileless, as harmless, as free from anything like unkindness as newborn babes are. And as and in as much as we are to follow them in what they have, let us also imitate what they have what Im- imitate them in what they have. Oh, I'm sorry. And in as much as we are to follow them in what they have not, let us also imitate them in what they have. Let us desire ardently as for our very life, the unadulterated milk of the word. Let us cultivate that combination of hunger and thirst which is found in a little child, that we may hunger and thirst after God's word. We have done more than taste the word. We have tasted that the Lord himself is gracious. Let us long to feast more and more upon the divine food, that we may grow thereby. Verse 4. The heading on this section is the living stone and chosen people. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be, holy, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 
For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become a cornerstone, and a stone that has caused people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. So, he points out a few things here in verse, in verse 4, where it says, As you come to him, that is, to the Lord, we are always to be coming unto him. We begin our spiritual life by coming to Jesus, and we are to continue coming to him. As to a, And then into for this part where it's, As unto a living stone, we are to settle down on him, as the stones of a building settle down upon the foundation. To whom is coming as unto a living stone. And this last last part of verse 4. His, his version or his interpretation. I think he's using the New King James. Disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious. Christ always was disallowed of men. And he always will be. Until the great consummation of all things. Some disown him in one way. Some in another. Some boldly blaspheme him with something like honesty. Others pretend to be his ministers, yet all the while are undermining the gospel which he lived and died to preach. It matters little that Christ is disallowed, indeed of men, for he is chosen of God and precious. I love that part. doesn't matter if he was disallowed or rejected. He was chosen by God. <laughs> so, verse 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I love being part of his family, adopted into his inheritance. Verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So, he talks about, A, we're a royal priesthood, and now the way we should live. And we should be set aside, we should, there should be something different in our behavior from what the pagans, how they behave. And that strikes home with me a lot. Do I cuss and swear? Do I hang out too much at various places? Do I, is there really a difference between my behavior and others who don't know him? Am I that light or am I the light underneath a lampshade that doesn't even shine? That's the big question for me and that's really where I strive. And that's the point of this journey. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And I think about that in today's world. 
I struggle with our government. I struggle with the way things are going, the direction that our society is moving. <clears throat> but I am to show them respect. I am not to speak poorly. I am to be really an example of what it means to be, be Christian. And if we remember correctly, Christ didn't, from the cross, mock, yell at, disavow anyone. He didn't condemn anyone. <clears throat> Instead, he loved them, and he forgave them, and he was dying for them. Verse 18. Slaves, in reverent fear to God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray. <clears throat> Excuse me. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So really what we're being told here by Peter is we need to live a spiritual life. We need to be different. We need to set ourselves, be set aside from the rest of this pagan world and that we should really be different because in reality we are a chosen people we are a royal priesthood a holy nation we are god's special possession and we need to act like it he started this this book out with be of a sober mind we really need to be clear in our thoughts in order to be that priesthood, that set-aside nation, that chosen people. So with that, I'm going to just close us with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your teaching. I thank you for adopting us. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I pray that today the example I would be would be one of your chosen, of a sober mind, a peaceful heart, and a mind in us and a mouth full of love for others. I lift up this day, Father, and I just pray that you'd bless these who hear, that you'd be with them, bless our families, bless our friends, and keep them all safe. Give us wisdom and strength to behave in the way that brings you honor and glory. May our spirits be open to you, and may we be, we be guided by you, Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a, Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.